This is the Small Mouth Crush Podcast. If you're a hardcore angler, you've come to the right place. This is a weekly podcast that will interview some of the top smallmouth bass anglers in North America. Travis and his guest will discuss what it takes to consistently catch big smallmouth, and you'll get a glimpse inside the mind of a trophy smallmouth angler. And now, here's your host of the Smallmouth Crush Podcast, Travis Manson. Yo, it's the Smallmouth Crush Podcast. My name's Travis Manson. I hope everybody's having a great week. We're going to have another great podcast. We are talking with the top 52 anglers. This is a once-a-week podcast. 52 of the top smallmouth anglers in the country. I got another big stick joining me this week, Ryan Salzman. For guys that don't know anything about Ryan, Ryan and I actually fish together quite a bit, even though we he lives in Alabama and I'm up here in Pennsylvania, we do get to hang out and toss some big swim baits around every once in a while and catch some true giants. And if anyone follows him on the social media and takes a look at any of his Instagrams, Facebook, he's a guy down there. He catches them. He catches some big bags. So he's the perfect candidate for the show. We're going to be bringing him in shortly. In the meantime, I want to offer everybody out there a little discount code. So I buy all my tackle from The Real Shot, which is located up in northeast Wisconsin. You can find the link to their website in the show descriptions. And if you use Smallmouth Crush 15, you're going to get 15% off your order. Help support small business. Help support the channel every time you do purchase tackle through them. It just helps the Smallmouth Crush podcast. So I certainly appreciate that. Let's get into it. Let's bring Ryan on. What's going on there? Man, I've been fishing solid since the tour ended because I didn't have the best year on tour and um, had to make that guide money, Travis. So had a great first year, bad second year, <clears throat> had a learning year is what I like to say. A learning year. Growth that makes year. sense. A growth Sophomore year. year, growth year. Yeah, did a lot of dumb stuff. So how I explained it to people was I had a really good first year. I just was easing into it. wasn't pushing any limits. Just like I'm trying to catch a bass. And this year, you know, second year, like, oh, I kind of know the game, right? Right. So you kind of you push your limits a little bit. So that being said, I, the, I it's all about the little things. Hmm. I had a couple of break offs, cost me checks. Had six fish, one tournament, cost me uh, one too many. One too many cost me two pounds of Lake Martin. And that dropped me 50 places <clears throat> to missing a check by a few ounces. Probably would have been top 20 there. Um, uh, that small mouth, this goes against my small mouth angling. However, guys, I want you to know I'm, I'm a Southern small mouth guy and I, I got to get up more with Travis and play with these Northern small mouth. I lost probably 23 pounds of small mouth on Erie day one. <clears throat> and that's because of my inexperience. Once again, a learning here. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, after an awful year <clears throat> to even have those fish hooked, I was like, you know, and it's like it's happening, you know, like right? You're, you're getting the bites, you're around them. Long story short, I just had the wrong hook. It's just that simple. That simple. I changed hook states. You never lost another fish. Imagine but, that. Oh my gosh! So we well, can talk a little more about. We're that. gonna have to circle back around that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was great. Day two, never lost another fish. Had them, only actually had five keeper bites. Caught thirty smallies on Erie, and uh, only five keeper bites was kind of rare. Caught a couple of year fish, a couple of walleye. But yeah, like you said, we'll uh, circle back to that. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, so Ryan, you're you're down in Alabama. You're fishing the Tennessee rivers a lot for these big trophy, huge, smallmouth, like gigantic fish. I've seen the pictures on Instagram. You catch them, and so I think that's what our listeners really want to learn. So this is going to be a really good episode for anyone who wants to learn how you put some of these big fish in the boat day in and day out, because this is what you do for a living, and you have customers from clients from all over the world. Well, all over the country, maybe the world that come down and, and want to jack on some of these big fish. So off right off the bat, what where's your favorite place to fish for smallmouth? You know, if you could pick one body of water, where would that that be? Hands down for me it's Pickwick Lake. However, a lot of people might argue Wilson Lake. Okay. Um, the beauty of this area is it has trophy smallmouth below every tail race. Uh, the sleeper dam, to be honest, from what I hear, and guys may get mad for letting it out of the bag, but this is cool. It's small That's what we do dam. here. Yes. That's what we do. So it's below um, Chickamauga on Nickajack. Mm. Apparently there's, giant, I mean, hordes of five-pounders. Hordes. My buddy, and he's a hammer on the coosa. I don't know these people listening may have heard of him, Bo Hunter. Um he he goes up there regularly, and he told me he hooked one well over nine one day, and he doesn't BS. He catches a lot of sevens up there. But I love Pickwick. Um, that it's just that's where I cut my teeth smallmouth fishing. I always seem to catch them there. That's where my PB is. Um, I caught an eight even on the True Bass five point five a couple of years, that year before we fished three years ago now. Dang, so big fish. Now, can you target smallmouth on that body of water pretty much year-round? And then, if so, what are the different techniques uh, that you'll utilize throughout the season when you're chasing these big smallmouth? Let's start with pre-spawn and work our way through. Okay. Um, I think the favorite time of the year for anyone is pre-spawn. They're chewing. they got to get healthy to spawn. And they're the fattest that they'll be – pretty much all year until once again, full circle with in the winter, which is pre-spawn again. Mm-hmm. So my favorite time of year, and I'm pretty exclusively targeting these fish with shad presentations. Um, the Tennessee river, if you're not throwing a shad style bait and there's current running, you're probably going to get beat. Wow. So that being so, said, no, no tubes. Ned Riggs. They'll work. Come on, man. They'll work, Travis. Hear me out. Big gizzard shad. Is that where we're going with this? When you're in a tournament, you just want five, right? Five right. of those bites. And especially team tournaments. So we got our big, this, a big portion of this audience is probably fishing those team tournaments. If two of you in a pre-spawn event chunk a swim bait all day, or like say a jerk bait, or some kind of maybe a glide bait, um, might even be a mag draft. There's, I've been playing around with a lot of fun stuff lately. Between the two of you, if you can't get five, you just sucked that day and it wasn't your day. But if sure. you get five, you're going to be there. I mean, you're going to get the right bites, but a lot of times you're going to catch 10, 20, maybe even more if it's a great day like we've had. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have upwards of, you know, 26 to 28 pounds of smallmouth. So that's my go-to. Alabama rig is always in play, right? When you're fishing, and you kind of separate, let's say, Pickwick in the multiple sections. You have the tail race, right? And then, you know, below the tail race, you just, you call it the rest of the lake as far as smallmouth fishing. And 
you got a section of grass around Coger Island. So you call that Coger and then you have Waterloo. But it all kind of fishes the same when it comes to smallmouth. You're just looking for those isolated high spots that kind of break current. And it's the same all the way through the lake. They're kind of roaming style fish. So once you get out of the tail race, you're rarely going to catch them in the same spot twice. Unless they're just staged, fully staged sure. about to pull up somewhere and spawn. So which, out of the tail race, you've run and gun a lot of those Indian mounds and underwater humps. So, but that's where the A-rig comes into play more so than the tail race. Now, everybody throws the A-rig at the tail race. I almost exclusively throw a single these days. Hmm. And even this fall, everyone's up there chunking an A-rig. And I didn't even expect to have a great day smallmouth fishing. I was like, let's just go try fishing some of these smallmouth places with a single swim bait. And had a phenomenal fall day fishing a single. And uh, the move I go to is the Littlehead 4.5 by, made by True Bass and okay. 99 Problems. Like if there's ever one cookie cutter bait for a smallmouth, that's it. I'm a half so ounce. 99 yeah. Problems is the color of the mm-hmm. swim bait. And what size mm-hmm. is your go-to size? It's called the Littlehead 4.5. It's made by True okay. Bass Swim Baits. And yeah, so a head color, I don't think matters to, to get bit. I think if they're very aggressive, the louder your head color will get you more bites. So that's a really cool little tidbit. So if you're if they're kind of weird, I might stay with that gunmetal. But if they're feeding, I put on a, just a, that pearl white head, something that's going to kind of glow in that water to get their attention. You know, some some guys will take a little bit of chartreuse nail polish and put it under the throat. There, it's a cool little trick. Now, when you're throwing it in the current, that thing is moving two miles an hour swinging. I'm not too worried about that. I'm more worried about profile as opposed to the little things. When you're out of the current, like I said, I think those little details matter more. And, you know, because they got more of their instincts to use for them. So that that time frame when you're throwing these baits, you're throwing a single swim bait, pre-spawn, on Pickwick, generally... What time of the year does that does that range? I know everything's weather dependent, but I mean statistics, you know statistically looking back, what 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 are we talking exactly? Is it a three week, is it a five week period, an eight week period? Well, your highest let's just say like max, like if we're gonna talk peak fishing, it's always gonna be the third week of March to the first week of April, those three weeks. Now okay. when you're outside of that range Third, third week of February, you got some warming trend. But th- those, if you hit it right on some of those days, that's when you're going to break over 30 because that's when the giants bite. Like okay. we might only get five bites in a day, but that's when I've seen the most seven pluses caught. And then sometimes they're shallow, like in the horseshoe. So a lot of stuff a lot of guys don't talk about is they'll get in that slack water. You know, they'll just go sun their eggs in that cold weather and they'll just get on those shallow rocks. And that's when those little finesse crankbaits – like a little shad wrap, um, number fives, those little bitty ones will catch the crap out of them. And um, even, I haven't thrown it in a while, but a hot mustard, Rapala, that fat three-foot diver, their square bill. Okay. Throw it up there, just really thump, 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 and let it move some water up there shallow. But the key to that, that thump, I'm not really worried about the thump. I'm just wanting it to move slowly. Because they're not they're not real aggressive. They're just up there sunning their eggs in February. So okay, you know, 
leading up to that prime swim bait time, that's when your other baits are going to play more for me out of the current. Now, if okay. I'm in current, it's all about the shad. You know, once you get down to the Coos River, this is a small mouth and them spotted bass, they want to jig in that current. It's the craziest thing. And uh, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of guys do it for smallies and have success, but they don't have the success of the single swim bait. And I think it's just a, ph- a phenomena of the Tennessee River and how much shad they eat. What's a typical size of a of a shad that you think they're feeding on? I mean, what it, it ranges. I know there's... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with five inches. You know, that's why that four and a half inch swim bait works so well. And then we have a the head on it, which it's about a half inch. So mm. I think the five inch shad profile is like... Pre-spawn, the swim bait bite's going good. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, water temperatures are rising. What do we do here? Well, you know, they get, they're spawning. So they look for, I've seen them spawn as deep as 10 foot, right? But we go through the cycles. If you guys know anything about smallmouth fishing, they follow sunlight, but they also follow water temperature. So the earliest spawners are going to spawn the shallowest. And then the late spawners are going to spawn the deepest, right? If they can get the sunlight to them. So if we have a good year where the water's not totally muddy, the smallies will be spawning all throughout the horseshoe, up and down the river channel edges, and those um, eight-foot, ten-foot rocks. And that's when your your Ned rigs, your drop shots, your shaky heads, your smallie beavers, your tubes, that's when they play. Mm-hmm. And it's just, for me, it's a territorial bite. If you can just put it near them and let it sit long enough, they're going to bite it. So after the spawn, so now we're post-spawn, these fish are recovering and and again that probably is that spans probably i'm i'm guessing i don't have as much experience down there as you do but was it four to six week period perhaps yeah so what's called a six week period total you're gonna have that prime swim bait bite where they're pre-spawning and starting to spawn at the same time you know that that mid-march and then after the first week of April, they start the second week of April, they'll spawn heavy. Okay. And the, the third, you know, third and fourth, they're like, it's just hot and heavy. You know, new waves of fish keep showing up every week. This past year, we kind of had a cool spring. So it kind of tapered into the first week of May, but, you know, half for into the first half of March through the end of April. So what's that? Six weeks. So then what happens? What, what are we, what are we doing after that? Is it, it's got to get challenging as, as, it uh, as it heats up in the summer comes into play may june july in alabama is pretty hot it can so there's a there's a piece you know in between you know there's a lot of micro patterns that we get in the south that the north doesn't really have the luxury they do but it's so late that okay the southern guys don't even probably realize that there's a shad spawn up there i'm sure but the shad spawn is next so the problem with the the after the smallie spawn they get that roaming mentality so what I tell people is to kind of stay more main river. If you can find the shad spawn main river, that's where your smallies are going to stay. The bluff walls, the shallower shelf bluff walls. Okay. Uh, the Indian mounds once again. And um, even the river bars, the grass river bars. And, and it's funny. You just be going down. You might be fishing half a mile with a chatterbait or a swim bait and just boom, run into them. And then you just better put your power poles down and catch them while they're there. Cause then they're just swimming on down. Hmm. roaming around and uh after that they just go set up on a deep rock vein out in the middle of the river probably and sit there the rest of the summer because here's what happens we'll be sitting there ledge fishing travis and all of a sudden boom 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 two or three smallmouth and then not another one the rest of the day and i'm convinced those smallies were just swimming around and wanted to if they joined the party for a minute they were gone 
So, so it's hard to target them in the summer. Is that what you're saying? Or, or do you, I, I don't really t- uh, advertise trips in the summer. It can be done. I can do it. And I don't, and it's not to sound conceited. It's just, it's more challenging. So if you're a beginner fisherman, as a guide, I'm not going to advertise, come with me and catch smallmouth, or uh, come with me and watch me struggle to get three smallmouth, but they might be good ones. So let's just say if you wanted to go target specifically smallmouth during summer hot, you know, days. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to probably keep a top water in my hand. Okay. Almost all day. And that is swim bait once again. And um, that jerk bait actually does real well too, but I'm talking fast, snapping sure. it. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff can really work. But then once again, you're hanging in the, in the current, the tail race section, you know, through seven mile where that current's the most swift. Okay. So you're still up towards the, uh, towards the dam itself in that zone. Yeah. So I, I moved, you know, from basically fishing right below the turbines, essentially, I kind of drift back, you know, down through the rest of the lake where there's still heavy current Okay, and it's kind of right before it opens up, you know, we're still narrow enough to to actually target a fish that he's going to be in that current scene right there if he's there. Okay. You know, and there's several rock piles and muscle beds down through the end of seven mile that they relate to. So I, I'm real interested in, it's something I've never done before. I haven't really talked to anybody that has done it. And I'm sure they do. Is there any type of night bite for smallmouth? Does that oh my come- gosh. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. So it's something that escapes my mind a lot, Travis. And like, I wasn't even thinking about it when you talked about summertime smallmouth fishing in college. That's all we did. If really? you want to catch smallies in the summer, this would be a cool. I don't know how we could film it. Right. You come Wilson Lake might be the best for this. And then Pickwick's pretty good, but if we're targeting strictly smallmouth, if you run the points on Wilson Lake with a nighttime spinnerbait, you're gonna get your arm broke in the middle of June. Wow. And dude, you better bring it's a good time. Like they sure. will break your spinnerbaits. I mean, just just two or three fish, put another one on, they're gonna break it. Yeah, All right, let's time. do it. So let's big spinner baits, like yeah. single Colorado blades yeah. and, and uh, darker colors. Is that what you're throwing? Yep. And then sometimes it's just, this is funny. I'm getting out all my secrets. So, but I don't care because I don't night fish anymore. Right. We used to whack them on a quarter ounce jig with a uh, just a black and blue crawl trailer. Okay. Something that would fall really slow. It, 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 we would do it on the calmer nights that had a good, like a, a good moon. Sure. And that thing was just falling real slow. All of a sudden, your line just just jumps. You know, wow. it's fun. Oh, I forgot yeah. all about it. And they, you know, there's certain places that have lights that you know that might be near a point that they they set up in the shadows. And okay, and it's something that I want to get back into. But you know, you've done it once you travel. It's the last thing on your mind fishing at night. But it's a, it's a really fun experience. Yeah. Right. Right. What would you say your strengths when it comes to smallmouth fishing on the rivers would be? I mean, I I'm a I'm gonna go on a limb here and say it's a swim bait okay. but besides the swim bait what else uh do you think you have really high confidence in as far as a bait that you're throwing for these for these for these fish so i'm glad you brought that up and i learned from guys this was passed down sonny carter and if you're watching this and you ever heard of sonny carter high five he passed away probably 10 years ago but he was probably the best smallmouth angler He's right up there with Leon Tidwell. He just put, I mean, have you heard of Leon Tidwell? Fish Bass Mastery. Yes, yep. Yeah, he passed away, you know, a while back too. But, um, dude, the grub, the smoke grub. And that is that was the hollow body swim bait before the sure. hollow body swim bait. 
and these even through sassy shads, but dude, you can go out there actually year round with a smoke rope, three sixteenths, quarter ounce head. Right. Pitch, pitch it out there, drift in the current, bounce that thing on the bottom, and they're going to eat it. It'd be a cool challenge video to do. Are, are you saying that's one of your strengths? Uh, yeah, for sure. A that's grub. A grub, yeah. A grub. You're, a grub you're, and a, yeah. You're a grubber. I didn't know that. Yeah, but grubs, see, well, it should be obvious. Grubs and swim baits for me are like synonymous. You put it that way, yes, but. I mean, I but just, okay, so look, away from a grub, or sw- it's basically a swim bait for me. Um, drop shot. Okay. I, in college, I loved drop. My buddy called me a little like an Ellie because I was out there catching them small mouth, like acting like an idiot, running around screaming, you know, being sure. an idiot. I, I had so much fun in college, but, um, and then a jerk bait. So I would say drop shot and a jerk bait. And like right now, that there's days they won't touch an Alabama rig. There's days I can only get bit on a jerk bait. You got to find the color, the, the, the retrieve speed, sure. you know, how long to let it pause. But, there's days they will not touch a swim bait and you got to be jerking for them. What would be an area that you would like to improve upon as a smallmouth angler? Some, some, some challenges, whether it be a technique or maybe specific bodies of water, where do you think your weakness lies when it comes to smallmouth fishing? Tube. A tube. Okay. Yeah. I actually improved upon that on, on Erie. And I got a lot more confidence in it. But the tube is a very specific technique. There's actually multiple ways to fish a tube. Yeah, and I'm sure, sure you know, snapping a tube, dragging a tube, almost swimming a tube. Um, there's all those techniques work. And that is where I'm least experienced. Just because of where I come from, we're power fishing for them. And if you throw a tube up in the horseshoe, <laughs> good luck. Okay. So that's pretty much why I don't throw it. And now you can get the stupid tubes and Texas rig them. But if they'll eat a reaction innovation Somali beaver on a three sixteen pound shaky head, why wouldn't you do that? Gotcha. You know, it's a little easier, it stays rigged, so you know, I don't have to fight it. But if you're in areas like up north where you you can present the bait, that's one of the most effective baits for smallmouth. There was no other bait I found up north that they would just track for forever. And you okay. can you know, when I was snapped, you just bring the whole school back to the boat. Now I found a lot of my best areas, just I'd be chucking that thing out and just ripping it. And then letting sure. it fall. And you can see, you know, it's really clear up there. See the whole school. Oh, right. it was like a kidney candy store up there, man. It was uh-huh. so fun. So, when, so, so getting back to some of the different uh, ways to throw these baits that you have high confidence in. So, obviously, yeah. the, the true bass swim baits is coming into play. We talked about the grub a little bit. So, let's hit on the, the swim bait itself. So, when you have this rigged up, what is your rod and reel as well as line setup? For anyone that wants to, you know, let's say they're they're going to plan a trip down the Tennessee River and they want to start throwing these swim baits, where does one start? Okay, so one needs to start with the rod and reel. We're going to start from the bottom and build up. Um, no less than 17-pound fluorocarbon for me. Okay. And mainly because I'm you're around those rocks with that swim bait. And then uh, the go-to head is a half-ounce true lock swim bait head made by True Bass. And we made that that bait for that 4.5 true bass and the 5.5, but the, it, it snugs up so perfect to it. It's seamless. There's almost no gap sure. and you don't need super glue. So you need those two things and it's going to save you a lot of money and super glue in time. Well, it is a screw lock, right? So that's going to, that helps right there. Now, yep. as funny as this sounds, there may be some people that do not have never used the screw lock before. Okay. 
And so I know a lot of people are listening to us on the on the podcast, so we don't really have a visual for you, but can you kind of walk us through on how you would rig that bait? Uh, okay. Pretend I'm a blind person and you're trying to explain that to me, basically. Okay, I'm going to close my eyes. Right. So here we, we have the swim bait in one hand and a jig head in another. What you want to do is lay the swim bait over the, over the hook of the jig head. And you want to feel where that uh, or see where the hook comes out. Okay. Right. And so you've kind of measured it out. So you see where the, the tip of the swim bait meets, you know, the jig head. Sure. And then you hold that place with your thumb where you marked it. And then you put a little nick on the side of the swim bait. Now what you want to do is come down the center of the nose of the swim bait mm-hmm. and stay in that hollow cavity. And it's really crucial to rig your swim bait straight, guys. It, it's all about the action. So come out where you made that little tick mark and then, yeah. and then thread it slowly up to the spring. Do not shove it above the spring. Sure. What you want to do is kind of start threading it, you know, lefty, loosey, righty, tighty. I pull it to the left a little bit. I push and twist. And then what I do is I pull the tail in front of the hook. Yep. Push and twist slowly. Not a lot. Just let it thread itself. Pull the tail in front of the hook, push and twist. Three to four times. Three to four times, sure. Correct. And then what what I like to feel is by the last turn, it's fighting it. And then I take it past a little bit and then I'll center it back up. And it's just snug right up against that head. Sure. And and I'm not lying to you guys. You will catch 20 to eat maybe even 40 fish on a swim bait before you got to put a new one on. Yep. Yep. I've experienced that with those baits. It really, truly is probably one of the best swim baits for the Tennessee River fish, for those current fish, to mimic a gizzard shad, to to mimic the bait fish properly, to fish it in that current. I don't know of a better system. I've seen it firsthand. 17-pound test line's pretty heavy for a northern boy like me, but I get it. I get it. For real, dude. Okay. Well, I even threw 20 with you. Like when we're catching them that good the night before I'm pulling 20 on, cause it's not going to matter. And you know what is going to, I'm just going to boat flip them. Sure. Most of the time. You know, when I'm not giving a crap, I boat flip them. We land them all. When I care, I'm like, Travis, get the net. And he's like, we don't need no stinking net, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all good fun. But it, I have a lot more confidence in landing them and boat flipping them with that higher line. They sure. If they hit a rock, I'm not too worried about it. And fun fact, I actually boat flipped my eight-pounder that year. Wow. I didn't know it was eight pounds. When they jumped, they just all looked like fat six-pounders. Sure. And then his fatness went all the way through his tail. Right, right. <laughs> and then it kind of hung up on the side of the boat, and my client was like, oh, my gosh. And then you kind of walk it back and slide it over. But yeah. Yeah. anyways, back to the setup. Um, seven one-to-one for that current. And okay. then I'm throwing a seven-three to seven-six medium heavy to heavy. And if there's a lot of current, I'm gravitating more towards that heavy because okay. you got your line is going to, the more current guys, you got to think about how much your line is bowed. You may feel like your line is top or tight, but your line is going to be out there drifting in the current. And imagine your bait being 20 feet away from where you think it is at any given time. So when you set that hook, there's a constant pressure of that water pressure holding that line kind of taut. But when you pull, some of that's going to cut into the current, right? So you got to have a stiff enough rod to set to get that hook in those fish. Okay. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. And if you have too light of a rod, you're just going to have it and just mush mouth in it and they'll come up and spit it each time. And I'm sure you've had the experience that you've played around with different rods all the time out there and 
And so if you had to pick now, okay, let's okay. say we got, we got to take one. Is it going to be then just a, a heavy? I got, a, I got an exact rod, dude. I, I've okay. been playing with rods. I went out and I got a champion extreme. The 744 champion extreme is the perfect swim bait rod. Gotcha. Sure. For all around offshore up there in the current, it does it all amazing. So if you're wanting to spend, you know, 350 bucks and just get an amazing swim bait rod, that's the one. All right. So when it comes to different size swim baits that are out there, I, obviously you guys have a lot of different in the true bass lineup sizes. They can get a little overwhelming. I never know which one's the best size, what I should be throwing, when I should be throwing it. So I'm going to rely heavily on you when it comes to these fish in the Tennessee river, where, where do I start? What's like the best size? So I think that, you know, based on the 30 minutes we've talked that people have probably gathered that the 4.5 inch little head is probably the best size. Okay. And if you're just getting into swim bait fishing, you don't know what to pick. You're on the website. Get that one. Get okay. it. 90, my three colors, get it. 99 problems, winter, winter, and then citron. Like that's your phase three. It's going to get the job done. Now there are times green bean works, true blue works. Don't worry about all that. They all work. That's what you care about. So use the ones you like. Those are the ones I like. And then as far as the rest of the sizes, mm-hmm. so we have those same colors in the rest of the sizes. So that kind of solves that question. And the tougher the bite, the either the lighter the head I'll use and fish it slower. Okay. Or, or I will downsize to the 3.5. And, and I'm guilty of really just being hard-headed and continuing to throw the big baits. It's amazing how when they cut that current off, if you will take a quarter ounce 3.5 minute and just slow reel it and take those rocks the size of smallmouth you will catch okay it's amazing when the current when when the bite's tough is what you're saying correct when that bite's not as active tough. you're going to pick up that real small swim bait yep and you're just same same deal you're fishing in the same places yep. you're just going a little, bit, little bit slower interesting okay rod, i'm throwing a 15 pound braid just and normally throw 10 but if i'm throwing a swim bait i throw a 15 pound braid okay and I'll, I'll do a 12 pound fluorocarbon leader do sure. about six seven foot leader on that uh, i tie an alberto knot because i'm not good enough to tie an fg i need travis to teach me and other than that and especially when they're in their spawning traps i'll take that 3.5 like in the morning times, like when I feel like they might be a little hungry or sure. you're just looking for a pack of beds, Yep. you know, just get out there and just slowly wind it. If you get bit and spot lock, mark a waypoint, come back later, throw the shaky heads. And that's a good way to search for some, hmm. some beds. Cause I feel like they're going to run that thing off too, you know, especially in the lower oh, light hours. Sure. That's a good time to throw that little one. And now the big ones, right? You were wondering. Well, I'm just curious. Do they have a place in the, in the Southern smallmouth arsenal? Like your, what's the biggest one you make? The 7.5. So Okay. Tell me a smallmouth's going to bite that. Will they? 100%. Okay. Okay. I So when I, the first year I launched True Bass, my favorite thing to do as a guide, and I'm sure you experience with this, when you're out there every day, it gets a little monotonous. So you try different things, right? Sure. Yep. When, you're, when you're catching them almost at will on a four and a half inch sunbait, you want to have fun. I'm like, I want to see if they'll bite this thing. My sure. first, Travis, I kid you not, my first cast, three-quarter ounce, eight-aught hook, pale chicken. So I have a color called pale chicken. Okay. It's basically a really natural kind of translucent shad pattern. Um, 
the first cast catch a four and a half pounder and it is gone just sucked wow. down the throat of that smallmouth. Sure. and that, that that was one of the years that i had even clients throwing that bait like we go behind people wow. you know it's just i think it like you kind of spoke to earlier it depends on the class of shad that year that sure. year we had a very big class of shad no shad kill so wow. they would really eat that big bait and i would That's notice cool with that ADOT, they try to eat it head first. So we catch them in the outside of the cheek because they suck it in head first, right? Sure. And that, that big hook would just gaff from outside coming in. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, was, that gets me excited knowing that. Oh, That's yeah. pretty cool. Oh, it was so fun. And uh, if, if those of you haven't seen these swim baits, I mean, that's a, that's a big piece of plastic there. It's big. I mean, it's huge. I mean... It's with a head, it's every bit of eight inches. So think of an sure. eight inch mag draft, same size bait, huge bait. And um, it's something I'm glad you, I, I haven't done it the last two years, mainly because I haven't had much time. You know, this year we had COVID, it was very limited. The year before you came up and filmed, we wanted to have a good show, catch them. I think this will be the year I'm going to catch some big ones on the seven and a half again. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Wilson I, Lake, too. Traveler, you like to fish a little bit up there? That was fun, sure. They will eat the crap. But we know in the edge of that current, I'll be throwing it thinking I'm gonna catch a smallie, six, seven pound largemouth out right? of nowhere. Smokes yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's gotta be fun. I can't wait to get back down there. All right, let me ask you one final question. And this is what I ask everybody who's on the podcast. Because I think it's an important question, because it's a it's a question that really gets into your head as far as what's the most effective bait that you utilize to catch big smallmouth. And so the question is, if you could use one bait for smallmouth ever again, and it's the only bait you could use, what are you picking? Uh, it's got to be the little head 4.5 and green bean. A swim Mainly bait. the swim bait, baby. You would from the south say a swim bait. So the 4.5 green bean color. Mm-hmm. Why green bean? Green bean, mainly because it's been a killer color on the Tennessee River the last few years. Okay. And that's what we catch them on up north when we go there, too. I don't know if sure. it's mimicking the owl wife, if it's green. They're just smallmouth. They see that green up there. They're like, we eat green things. Right. You know? Sure. I don't know. I guess it could, could mimic a perch as well. I can see that. Sure. I heard Brandon Pollen give a great piece of advice on glide baits, and I think it applies to any kind of swim bait. Okay. You got to look just enough like something they could eat. Interesting. You know, sure. like it, if it, it, you know, when it, especially if you got it moving or you got it above them, there's the right conditions. If it looks enough like it, it's going to work most of the time. Well, it's not the answer I was expecting, but obviously you're a swim bait uh, fanatic. You know what you're doing when it comes to big smallmouth. What's the best uh, five fish bag? I know we talked about your personal best, but what's your heavy? Whether it be in a tournament or just out fun fishing, have you hit the 30 pound mark? Yeah. Um, you have. Oh, for sure. Uh, is, are we talking just smallies? Just smallies, yes. Uh, so the, the day I caught the eight even, we had 31.96. However, we actually broke 32 the week after that, and we had uh, right under 33. And that was with solid sixes, like just sure. fatties. Six, six and a quarters. That was that year. You saw the class of fish we caught. Like there's classes of fish that come up through these dams and we're on this year is going to be pretty amazing. Um, And you just hit the right class of fish. 
there's a lot of 30 pound bags waiting. Hoping to get down there this spring with you. It's, uh, I enjoyed it. I was, I wasn't expecting what, what we ran into, uh, on our trips down there, as far as just the size and the, and the fish, how they reacted to that swim bait, you know, as a Northern smallmouth fisherman, primarily, it's a totally different way of fishing, something I'm totally not used to. So if anybody's looking for a variety or something a little different, but still along the lines of some big smallmouth, a trip down South and, um, a guide trip with you, they'll learn a whole bunch about river, Tennessee river, smallmouth fishing that day. That much I can guarantee. If people want to book a trip or learn a little bit more about you, Ryan, what's the best way that they can find you? The best way you can find me is just go to my website, alabamabassguide.com, and check me out on social media, albassguide underscore meme lord. If you guys like memes, morning funnies, I post memes to my stories every morning just okay. for fun. <laughs> what do you say to that? What do you say to that other There's than nothing. There's nothing you can say. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show. I know you're going to be joining us on some lives coming up in the future. You're one of the regular guests on the Smallmouth Crush YouTube channel. So if you guys uh, haven't seen that yet, head on over to YouTube, Smallmouth Crush. We got a lot of educational videos as well as some tournament videos. And, of course, uh, this podcast, you'll be able to watch it on the YouTube channel, and you'll see guests like Ryan in his interesting hat he's wearing here that you guys can't hear. What's the story behind that? So he's wearing like this Hawaiian flowery looking, pretty cool lime green hat with a camouflage hoodie. I don't get you sometimes. Uh, man, you know, I'm just, I'm a peacock, Travis. You got to let me fly, man. I guess and so. So the story on the hat really quick. Um, I love the hat and I bought one. I made a post. Apparently, a lot of people liked them too, went and bought some, and now they're a sponsor for 21. And I'm really excited. Really? So, and what's yeah, the name of it? Shaka Kai. Ever heard of Shaka, bro? Shaka, it's a surfer thing. So, there's, okay. it's, a, it's a beach company, but you know, they're in all kinds of fishing. What's, what's really cool, you'll see me wear them on tour this year big straw hats, which yeah. I love. So, they got amazing big straw hats. You know, got the little okay. cool hang, hang loose symbol on it, and they're sure. just fun. Got beach towels, really cool buffs. Um, okay summer fishing gear check them out shakakai.com all right i just want to thank ryan for coming on the show we'll see you uh we'll see you down the road ryan appreciate your time thanks for all the good advice i know a lot of people listening are going to get their hands on some of these swim baits and start catching some big fish down the tennessee river and as always until next time we'll see you guys on the water Thanks so much for listening today. Make sure that you're subscribed to the show and follow us on Instagram at Smallmouth Crush. Also, the YouTube channel, Smallmouth Crush. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a five-star rating and comment with a review below. And as always, until next time, we'll see you on the water.